I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, why did Cardano Moon? We talked to Aparna Zhu, product director of IOHK. Writer Scott Cipollino talks to Anthony Scaramucci about Bitcoin and in Grayscale's hiring a lot of interesting roles. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Wednesday, March 10th, 2021. We have another green day, another green day. And we also have a big show for you. So I'm going to get straight into those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. And I'm recording this at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is in at $56,100, up 3% in the past 24 hours, while Ethereum's at the number two spot at $1,831, up just 0.1%. Binance is strongly claiming the number three spot at $284.60, up 4.7% in 24 hours, while Cardano's at number four at $1.17, down 1.3%. Tether's at number five in Polkadot, climbing ever so closely to that $40 mark at $38.74, up 7.7% in 24. Total market cap for the crypto space, we're at $1.72 trillion, getting closer and closer to that $2 trillion market cap, and the BTC dominance is 60.9%. In our first conversation, I sit down with Aparna Jew, the product director of IOHK and Cardano, and my question was, Cardano mooned out of nowhere. Why? What are you working on? What's going on? And she lets us know right now. Thanks, Matt. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. Um, but you know what's also doing excellent is Cardano. Number three market cap came out of nowhere, just moved through the ranks. And I wasn't expecting it. A lot of other people were expecting it. But there's reasons behind this. And you're going to tell me those reasons, possibly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It wasn't necessarily a surprise for us, just because we, you know, now I'll, I'm not an economist, so I'm not going to tell you how I know about the market conditions or what the trend rate looks like and why things speculate the way they do. But what I do know is that we have been very steady in delivering constant updates to the protocol, to the community, and to the project itself. So knowing the way we do it, that's the reason why I wasn't too surprised um, with, with the success that we're seeing. And um, I'm hoping for it to continue just in, in not only just the price action, but I'm, I'm hoping for it to stabilize. I'm hoping for our innovation to show through. And I'm hoping for the next phases of this project to really shine through, which is what I'm, I'm sure a lot of our users and community are waiting for. So let's start with the, the hard fork combinator event. So that is something we just recently did successfully last week. And uh, that brought the multi-asset um, ability to the Cardano uh, ledger, which means now that we can, uh, users can create native tokens. And that also helps us set, up, set ourselves up for Plutus, which is the smart contracting native language that is a part of Gogan. Gogan strategy. Why this is important? Because if you look at how we faced Cardano, you know, you start off with Byron with the foundation um, layer, and then we went into Shelly, which was actually giving us the operations of everything so people could run the network and incentivize, and you got all the protocol, uh, proof of stake protocol that was running perfectly. And then moving into Gogan, that starts utility 
and building on the network, usability, all of that other good stuff that comes with Gogan. And we did start that actually quietly a little while back with metadata. So when metadata uh, was um, released for each transaction, that gave people the ability or companies, small businesses, company ability to actually look at transactional data and put context to the transactions. Now it becomes really important when we get into the smart contracts realm, but that doesn't mean we haven't started the utility pillar already. So the second phase of that was multi-assets, which is what we just did. So we have tons of activity already in the multi-asset space. Lots of people starting to work on, on tokens and, and just go through the process, the CLI process that we've laid out, uh, give us a lot of feedback because now it's on mainnet. And uh, that's going to help us roll through some of our other improvements, which is, okay, so we've got CLI capability, people building tokens. How do we now look at other capability? So interoperability bringing, you know, how do we look at other tokens from other chains and people who've done that to come and work on Cardano is one of them. So our concepts are pretty strong. So the way I've always looked at the project is when we come out with something big, it really is a rollout. Um, so the technology speaks for itself in, in a lot of ways. So pretty excited about where this is going. Plutus is next. So that's the next big thing. And that's actually going to be the smart contract piece. Um, and then after that, we're also looking at things like Marlowe, which is the financial contracts interface on top of Plutus. And uh, we're also looking at other partnerships. Um, for example, Glow was something we recently rolled out in our DevNets program. That is a, a language that's very... Um, the way I look at it is it's a domain-specific language for error checking. It's really robust in the research and white paper. Um, the team just came out with their language, put it on the DevNet, and now it's in testing. You know, people can, our users in our community can come in and start testing the product and working with it and maybe helping us with product maturation or helping that partner with product maturation. So that way it's not our language, but it's a partner's language. And we want to help them run it on Cardano using the value propositions that we have, um, but allowing them to build their own community as well and, and choose what they want to do. Another reason why I feel like we're, we're really doing well as a project is we're, we're honing in on some of the core pain points, Matt, you know, like it's cost of transactions is one thing that we're heavily looking at, right? For this thing to scale, cost of transactions is incredibly important because otherwise this is not a viable system for anybody. Um, speed, that's another thing. Everybody wants a lot of trend, like a speed of settlements, for example, at some point. So that's another key feature that we're, we're looking at, especially highly decentralized Cardano. So I hear a lot of development. Um, what does usership look like right now? Who's developing on Cardano? And like I hear, like for example, um, Binance Smart Chain. I I hear a lot of you know DEXs or other um, projects migrating over there because they're being used on say Ethereum, and they're like, okay, this is just not working on Ethereum. Let's do Binance Smart Chain. It's it's fast, faster, faster throughput, easier to you know do what we want to do. What what is what's happening with Cardano right now when it comes to usership and development? Yeah, that's a great question. So you, like I said, utility was a big part of it. So right now because we're just coming out of our test net and we just hard fork with native tokens, we're looking at the the startups and even some big customers that I'm not mentioning right now, but like Singularity, for example, is some a partnership that we have looked at um, that we are we were public with. Um, there are other partnerships that we're looking at to see, well, how do what do they want to do with our chain? And how do they want to start porting over if they want to port over, why they want to port over, that sort of a thing. Thank you very much for that, Aparna. Always a pleasure to talk to you and hear about what is happening on Cardano. And well, this was the perfect time to come on because Card Cardano is really making headway in the crypto space in terms of market cap and obviously development. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks, Matt. And in other news, writer from Decrypt, Scott Chablina sits down with Anthony Scaramucci. Yep, the Mooch, 
the old director of communications for the Trump administration. I mean, well, he was there for like, what, two weeks, <laughs> if that. Anyway, he's deep into Bitcoin. And Scott asked him some great questions. And this first one is about regulations. I'm hoping that with the introduction of Gary Gensler now into the regulatory rubric and my understanding of where he's coming from, although I don't know it personally, is that possibly we can get an ETF in place by the end of the year. When somebody's running a large fund like Anthony Scaramucci, is it only Bitcoin or is it also Doge? Ethereum? What is he thinking? And what is his good friends doing? Scott Cipollina asked that as well. Well, I mean, those two guys are exceptional guys. I just interviewed Mayor Suarez for our Salt Talk series about what he's doing in Miami related to crypto and other things. But I, I'm going to say something perhaps maybe you'll be surprised by. I am not focused on Dogecoin or other coins. I am singularly focused, and so is Brett Messing and our team, on Bitcoin. Why? We're having a hard enough time converting people into the crypto space. You know, you've heard the word FUD or the acronym FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Well, we manage money for a lot of fuddy-duddies. And so, you know, we got a hard, we have a hard time. You know, there, there are certain spam filters out there. If you put the word Bitcoin into them, your email gets blocked by the other company. So I just want to give you a sense for how early, if, if there isn't more evidence, God, of how early we all are in the Bitcoin experience, is that Bitcoin uh, for certain people is charlatanism, if you will. And so they're blocking the term Bitcoin from getting into somebody's email account. It ends up caught in their spam filter. So for me, I'm not going towards Dogecoin, Ethereum, other cryptos or other digital assets. I'm with the big dog. Uh, it makes up 80, 85 percent of the market capitalization of crypto. It's 12 years old. It has been subjected to 8,300 different competitors try to knock its block off. And yet it sits there at 80 plus percent of the market capitalization of crypto. That's good enough for me. Uh, hopefully you'll invite me on your podcast six months, 12 months, 18 months from now. And I'll have a different view where we'll be able to move into other coins or other crypto ideas. But for right now, the number one goal is to try to convert people from crypto naysayers or people that are effectively, in my mind, short crypto because they don't have any exposure to Bitcoin. Just getting them into Bitcoin, I think, is going to be achievement enough. Please go to Decrypt's YouTube channel to check out this full conversation with Anthony Scaramucci and Decrypt's writer, Scott Cipollina. Also, if you want to read it in print, you can click the link in the show notes. As you heard in that clip, Anthony Scaramucci is pretty bullish on an ETF by the end of the year. And to further that bullish speculation, institutional cryptocurrency fund Grayscale is making nine key hires for roles focused on exchange-traded funds or ETFs. Those job listings include ETF compliance officer, ETF finance reporting manager, ETF sales directors, and a huge legal team. Well, I don't know if this ETF is for Bitcoin or cryptocurrency, but Grayscale is in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, and they're really making some moves to build an ETF team. So maybe... Maybe crypto, maybe Bitcoin, or maybe not. A group of blockchain companies, the International Association for Trusted Blockchain Applications, or the INATBA, horrible acronym, has released a report arguing that the Europe's proposed MICA, or Markets in Crypto Assets Regulation, could damage the crypto industry. The INATBA claims that because the proposed regulation adopts an entity-centric perspective on things like liabilities, it may cause friction with purely decentralized protocols. They said, in quote, 
DeFi being decentralized and often effectuated through automatic mechanisms such as smart contracts makes it hard to pinpoint its constituent actors, and among them, the ones that play the role that the Mika provisions intend to target when designing rights and obligations. So in summary, legislators and regulators really do not know what blockchain is, and they're using a framework that is designed for centralized institutions or companies or apps. Basically, they don't know how DeFi works, they don't know how to regulate it, so they're applying old regulations or old mindsets to this new decentralized technology. And here is my we need content, we need more content headline of the day. New research finds that 85% of institutional investors that are already holding Bitcoin plan to increase their exposure to the asset. <laughs> they make this sound fancy, but basically they just said 85% of institutional investors that are hodling Bitcoin want to buy more. We don't need a report of this. We don't even have to have institutional investors. Anybody that's hodling Bitcoin wants more Bitcoin because price is going up. This is the no shit headline of the day, BTFD. Thank you very much for this insightful reporting. If you guys remember on Monday, I told you that a Norwegian company just BTFD'd and bought $59 million of Bitcoin, making it not just American companies, but Meitu in Hong Kong, Acura, ASA in Norway, and they want more. Decrypt's editor, Tim Copeland, sat down with the company and they said, in quote, we will invest more into the ecosystem in the future, and this may include adding more to our Bitcoin holdings. Thanks, Tim, for this reporting. And it's really bullish to see that this is a multinational, international endeavor of buying Bitcoin and finding new solutions and embracing innovative technologies. And finally, Democratic Party political operative Jim Messina is joining the board of crypto wallet company Blockchain.com in a move that could help the company gain traction stateside. Mencina is known as the fixer during the Obama administration. He was the fixer when it came to repealing Don't Ask, Don't Tell. He managed $750 million of his general election campaign funding, and he helped push through the ACA, or Affordable Care Act. Well, with that political clout, he has been called the most powerful person in Washington that you have never heard of. With that political clout, how can he push Bitcoin and cryptocurrency into the mainstream? Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. I'll be back tomorrow. Same Matt time, same Matt channel. And while you're waiting for that next episode, if you have a spare moment, wherever you're listening to this podcast, make sure you're like, subscribed, and that you share it with your friends and family. Oh, and if they have the comment section, please write a comment. It helps out quite a bit. Don't forget on Fridays, I'm answering your questions so you can write them to me at MatthewAaron at Decrypt.co. And until tomorrow, you know what to do. Use them diamond hands and hodl. That's not financial advice. That's just me saying, happy hodling, everyone.